1: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Well, a lot's changed in the last 24 hours. We thought we were going to be talking coaching news. Denver gets Sean Payton, and the Houston Texans get D'Amico Ryans. And then about 90 minutes ago, Tom Brady had this to say in a video he released on Twitter.
4: Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all.
3: It was yesterday at this time when we we're speculating, how about the Broncos? If Brock Purdy's out for six to eight months, longer, six, nine months, a year, could you bring in Tom Brady? One and done with the 49ers. What about the Raiders, maybe the Dolphins, maybe staying in Tampa Bay? Speculation amongst his friends, according to reports, that he was leaning towards playing once again. And all of a sudden, he announces that he's retiring. Like what? I'd love to know what happened an hour before this. Last night, who did he tell? He'd tell his kids. He'd tell Giselle. Who's shooting it? Is Tom holding a device where he's filming this on the beach? But I'd love to know what that conversation was like, what he was like as he's getting ready to make that announcement. Because it was a year ago on this day, Tom Brady announced his retirement. Now, that's where he felt like he was pushed in, pressured into announcing his retirement. And then we know 40 days later, he announced that he was coming back. I started to look at the other dates, you know, February 1st for Tom Brady. 2015, he won a Super Bowl when Malcolm Butler had the interception against Seattle. 2004, Adam Vinatieri kicked the field goal. Four seconds to go. He won a Super Bowl, Patriots beating the Panthers. Last year, he announces his retirement, comes back, and now he announces his retirement once again. This time for good. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address danpatrick.com Twitter handle at DP show. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you. Our streaming partners and you can download the app, watch for free. Chat row, those chatting play nice. Uh, operator Tyler <laughs> standing by with your phone calls and we say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country. The Broncos uh, made the trade with the Saints. I was told initially it was going to be two first round picks. Turned out that it was a first and a second and uh Denver gets Sean Payton. Not without a little drama, because Ian Rapaport yesterday, NFL insiders said, unbelievable, the Broncos spent today trying to hire D'Amico Ryans again before he committed to the Texans, sources say. When he agreed to terms with the Texans, they moved and finalized Sean Payton. Well, Adam Schefter said timing of today's two hires was completely coincidental. The Broncos were zeroed in on Sean Payton and didn't make any contact this week with D'Amico Ryans or his agent. Denver was focused on Payton and Houston on Ryans. Those are two different stories. You're covering it completely opposite there. Somebody doesn't have it correct there.
2: Yeah, Paulie. Could you see the Broncos kicking the tires on another coach even though Payton was their dream coach? Because my guess is D'Amico Ryans is going to make less than half Sean Payton. If money... And I
3: don't have to trade for D'Amico Ryans.
2: Right. There's no trade you have to give up. I, yeah. I, I wonder if they kick the tires or they don't care about money with the family.
3: Well, I would care about the draft picks. Right. You, you got to give up a first round and a second round draft pick. That's what I would care about. Um, yeah. I mean, I, if D'Amico Ryans is as advertised, the uh, now former San Francisco defensive coordinator, sure. I'm going to get him for $10 million a year less. And I don't have to give up those draft picks with a franchise that's already given up too many draft picks for Russell Wilson. So yeah, absolutely. All right, um, we'll talk to Marcellus. White What, Fritzi?
4: We have a special someone on the line.
3: Who's the special
4: someone? Actor, director, filmmaker. Tom Brady. Oh no, better than Tom Brady. Better than Sean Payton. Even going to my Broncos. Star of so many things, including Breaking Bad, Malcolm in the Middle, up for all kinds of awards, Broadway—he does it all. Brian and Cranston, that's the gentleman. Oh,
5: oh all right. Oh gosh, you—you're you, sending me into
3: retirement. You're announcing your retirement. Okay. I'm wow, a, this is this I'm, is a bad day to do that, Brian. I'm I'm going to take
5: my talent to the southwest <laughs> and sit on a porch. Uh, what's going on? Hey, man, uh, uh, thanks for taking my call. I was just listening to the show. Uh, boy, Brady uh, announces again, uh, Sean Payton going to Denver. I love it. I know Sean a little bit. He's going to turn that franchise around. I really believe it. Hmm. Okay.
3: Anything? I really think so.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, is that why, is I, that why I, you called? No. no, no <laughs> <I wanted> to,
5: <laughs> You're a I wanted Rams to, guy, aren't you? I am a Rams guy. I am. And, you know, uh, last year the NFL asked me to do a, a narration on the Rams season and their ultimate uh, Super Bowl victory. And so I was very proud to be able to lend my my voice to the, to the film. And, and I think it was my narration of that film that put the Rams in the position to repeat.
3: Wow, you did a great job. I'd like to hear you voice so. the Rams – you know seasonal recap this year.
5: <laughs> well, it's a short recap
3: <laughs>
5: yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, the wheels fell off, uh, but you know, I mean, it's all about regrouping, isn't it? They have to they have to do their job.
3: Are you going to the Super Bowl this year? I am uh I have announcement uh
5: Aaron Paul and I are reprising our roles in Breaking Bad for a Super Bowl commercial for popcorners. It's so much fun. Uh, we, we had a blast doing this. Okay. And uh, Vince Gilligan, the guy who created Breaking Bad, yeah. directed it. Oh boy. So we have a it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it, it, with doing seven years of that show, we didn't have a chance very often to just cut up and have a lot of fun. And so getting that, getting a lot of the crew back together, we shot this commercial for popcorners and we just had a blast. Anyway, so I'm going to, I'm going to uh, Phoenix for the game. But what I realized is that when I did the NFL narration, um, part of the deal was that the NFL supplied two tickets to the game. Well, those two tickets are now in excess of what I have. So I came up with this idea to donate the tickets to a raffle. Everything benefits Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America, and it includes these two tickets to the Super Bowl, airfare, hotel, transportation, and I'm going to rendezvous with the winner, and you can meet me. Um, and all you have to do to support it is make a donation to, to Big Brothers and Big Sisters of America. Go to Brian briancranstonbiggame.com and make a donation all it costs is five bucks and put yourself into the running we're going to have the drawing on uh wednesday the 8th one week from today awesome Um, so i'm hoping everybody can get involved and uh, you may be going to the super bowl
3: okay once again uh brian cranston big i have that right that's correct. All right. Yeah. cost you 5 bucks. Everything 100% of the proceeds goes to Big Brothers Big Sisters of America and you get to meet uh, Brian Cranston. You won't be in Walter White character, right? That you're just going to be Brian Cranston for the meet and greet.
5: I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Uh, you know, I'm that Walter White may have been
3: retired. He's going to sit next to uh, Tom Brady on the porch. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Uh, will you keep us up to date on this? Can we get updates from you? And uh... Yeah.
5: Listen, I'd love to come back on the show, and if we can, I'd love to be able to do the drawing on your show. Can we arrange that for a week from today to oh, be I... able to do the drawing, and I can announce the person who's going? Two tickets, airfare, hotel, transpo. It's the whole thing. And every single dollar goes to Big Brothers and Big Sisters oh,
3: of America. That is awesome. All right. Um Fritzy, you'll get all the information from Brian and then we'll we'll have him back and Absolutely. then we'll make the drawing next Wednesday. Uh hey Brian, great Love to it. talk to you. We look forward to seeing you in Arizona. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. And that's Brian Cranston. Wow. Yeah.
2: A nice little surprise there. He called on the he called on the normal line. I know. Like that he <laughs> was like Fritzy usually gives the celebrities a hotline. Yeah. Brian in
3: Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Brian Cranston, biggame.com costs five dollars. all the money goes to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, and you get tickets to the game, uh, hotel, accommodations, airfare, and you get to meet Brian Cranston. that's great.
2: Yeah, Paul. I, I still go back to the, one of the wilder stories. When we did the show, I think it was 2009 or 10 in Miami, there was to me had that Beach ball, and there was a kid standing out there. and I say kid because he looked like a kid. He was about 5,8, 140. Staying with his dad, he was all excited to meet the guy. He's like, McLovin, Dan, Fritzy, (laughs) he's yelling, and he comes over, we start talking to him, and we ask him, so what, what, nice kid, meet my dad, he's a huge fan of the show, and like, what do you do for a living? He goes, oh, I'm an actor. I'm like, oh, really? For, for a living? He goes, yeah, we just shot a show for uh, I think, is it A&E that it started on? Yeah, Breaking I think Bad?
3: so. They couldn't, I think there were other networks that turned down Breaking Bad.
2: I said, what's the show? And is like, what's the show? He goes, it's about a high school chemistry teacher becomes a meth dealer. And <laughs> we're like, oh, congratulations, good luck with that guy. And his name was Aaron Paul. Yeah. And McLovin goes, that's a disaster yeah. waiting <laughs> to happen. I'm like, a, a math teacher becomes a meth dealer? That's not going to get picked up. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the
3: official trading cards of the Dan Patrick's show, Jeff Darlington for the Mothership. Nobody broke the news about Tom Brady, but if anybody has news about Tom Brady, it'll be Jeff Darlington. He'll join us coming up here in about 10 minutes. Phone calls always welcome. Poll question for hour two. We'll hear from Seton O'Connor. He's on the road, I think, leaving Chicago en route to Des Moines, Iowa. Yes, Fritzy.
4: Who had the worst day today? Teams that wanted to sign Brady, 49%. (laughs) Greg Olson, 36%. The Broncos, 15%.
3: Okay. Do we have another poll question
4: for hour two? We have some other suggestions. Okay, ones.
3: well, why don't you let me know what those suggestions are? Let's do that. All right.
4: Do you want LeBron James <laughs> to break Kareem's NBA all-time scoring record? Absolutely. Good for him. Or no, I'd rather Kareem keep the record. Which
3: well, one? I mean, he's earned it. I, I, this isn't like Laker fans attached to LeBron James. It's not like he's one of us. Kareem is one of you. And I think that's where it's probably a, maybe mixed emotions. Maybe maybe it's not mixed emotions. It's like, all right, LeBron's going to break the record, but Kareem is still our guy. I mean, LeBron is still a Cleveland Cavalier to me. He'll always be a Cleveland Cavalier. Yeah, more.
6: It's more of the Michael Jordan. When he passed Michael Jordan, he's still not the GOAT, though. 6-0 <laughs> in the finals. Michael Jordan never missed a shot.
3: Yeah. LeBron had his first triple-double of the season. Also the first player since Tim Duncan to have a triple-double after the age of 38. And uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it was LeBron playing great. Lakers playing well, went into overtime, got the win. And now you're just kind of waiting. Do they do anything? Can they do anything? Can they add somebody else? And and if so, what's that going to mean, bigger picture here? But LeBron... Uh, looks like next week he'll break that record. Yeah,
2: Pauline. The numbers records don't really stamp you as the best of all time, and really any sport. You know, Emmitt Smith. Right. I don't think to be fair to him, people consider him the greatest running back of all time. No. There's, there's a Jim Brown group. There's a Walter Payton group. There's there's a different groups of Barry Sanders. You know, in, in basketball, even even Brady, Brady doesn't get it for his yardage. He gets it for the Super Bowls for the greatest of all time. If Brady had the yardage with and had two Super Bowls, he'd be in a different category. He'd be Peyton Manning. Right, or, or you know, Drew Brees, yardage-wise, is top three quarterback of all time. Yeah, But wins in Super Bowl is different. It, yardage doesn't matter. Well,
3: right. when people say that um, LeBron, greatest career of all time, is it better than Bill Russell's career? Because his career is better than Michael Jordan's career. If you look at number of times in the finals, the statistics, all-time leading scorer, top five in assists, you know, the longevity – Playing at a high level. It's a better career in totality. But with Bill Russell, nobody ever looks at Bill's numbers. They look at one number, 11. How can you have a better career than a guy who was the centerpiece for 11 championships, an Olympic gold medal, and two national
2: titles in college? Yeah, Paul. You saw it. We didn't. I've always wanted to. Was Bill Russell clearly the best player on that team, or was he the lead player and a lot of high-end players? He
3: See, it's difficult to say, you know, Bill's skill level wasn't what is typical to today's NBA player. He wasn't a great score shooter. He was just, he had presence. And, you know, Will Chamberlain had 55 rebounds in a game against Bill Russell. You know, Will probably scored over 40, you know, quite a few times on Bill Russell. But when you needed to have a game and a win... Bill Russell seemed to come up big, but if Bill Russell had six titles, not 11, he would not be in the conversation, not with Jordan, but 11. It, to me, it's a different, we, we have different answers to the same question. Now, if you, who's the greatest player of all time? Well, I would say LeBron with what he's done with his career of all time, everything. Uh, You, you know, Michael was in six finals. Well, what happened all the other times? Like I, can we give LeBron credit that he got there? And sometimes he got there with inferior talent. Uh, Bill Russell had a team full of Hall of Famers. Well, were they Hall of Famers because Bill Russell helped make them winners? Therefore, Tommy Heinsohn's a Hall of Famer.
6: Yeah, more This might sound like it's the 70s Steelers. You look at probably some of those numbers where you're like, wait, he averaged how much and he's a Hall of Famer? Well, yeah, if you're on eight championship teams and you're the third best player, okay, you're going to get Hall of Fame treatment, but maybe not Hall of Famer in those you know, uh, traditional numbers.
3: I wish we would just celebrate LeBron and not you know, try to categorize it or you know, he's no Michael Jordan. Okay, if you said I had one game to win, I would take Michael Jordan. But it, I'm, I'm looking at a career, and I can't deny what I saw, what I've seen, and, and really what's to come. Who knows how long he's going to play? I mean, it's remarkable. To be this good at this age, and you're going to be the all-time leading scorer, and you're going to be top five in assists, and top five in steals if you want to include that as well. Yeah, Paul.
2: It, what Marvin was saying about what winning can do to a career is it fair to say that Clay Thompson, the Warriors, is going to the Hall of Fame? Yeah, it, you didn't even you didn't even blink when I said it. He averages 19 and a half points a game for his career, he, and, and there's and that's almost not by choice, but by I don't know, fair, whatever word you want to use. He could average more on another team. He'd be averaging 26 if he was playing for the Yeah, but Orlando Reggie Magic.
3: Miller averaged 19 for his career. Right. He was the go-to guy and only went to one NBA Finals. Clay did what he did, and they won championship. Yeah. Draymond Green is probably going to be a Hall of Famer. Averaging 11 and six, yeah. 7. Or yeah. Something like that. Yeah, so
6: sort of a Dennis Rodman type. Yeah, Marv. Yeah, Reggie's a weird one because he only has five All-Star games, but not all five All-Star games are created equal. I think he was an all star in 1990 and in 2000. And he had like all those big moments when they, you know, he did the Hall of Fame. How many shots did he make that you go on the, um, I don't know what you call it, the reels? With the
3: all time highlight reel? Correct. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. And, and look, I, I know when I go down this path, and I start to hear people telling me about Michael Jordan. I saw it all, folks, okay? This is not anti Michael, it's pro LeBron, which people have a hard time. You know, swallow it. He, he's, that's the greatest career of all time, in my opinion. All right, we'll talk more Tom Brady. Jeff Darlington from The Mothership will join us right after this Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern, or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat, rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 18 plus plus in most
7: eligible states age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply pick six not available
1: in all states including but not limited to connecticut and new york for up-to-date list of states visit dkng.co slash pick six states void where prohibited see terms at
7: pick slash promos
0: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
6: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that
7: Include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's
6: always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
3: We will get to more of your phone calls coming up. A lot of people have thoughts on Tom Brady announcing his retirement at around 8.30 this morning via his Twitter page. Tom breaking the news. But if anybody knows more about Tom Brady and the inner workings, it's Jeff Darlington, the ESPN NFL reporter, kind enough to join us. Jeff, if I would have told you yesterday at this time that Tom Brady was going to announce his retirement this morning, you would have said what?
8: I would have believed it, Dan, and I say that um, mostly because I remember last year, one of the things that he didn't, he didn't like about uh, when we broke the story was the fact that he didn't like the idea of it upstaging the conference championship games. So my belief was that we were on the clock starting this week after those conference championship games. And I, for the past few months, have really felt like it was either going to be a return to the Bucks or retirement. So to be completely honest with you, this is not necessarily a big surprise to me or kind of people who who have understood Tom's way of thinking recently.
3: It felt like it was a surprise because we were opening the door, the hypothetical door right. of, hey, go to San Francisco. Does he stay in Tampa? What about the Raiders? What about the Dolphins? You're just saying if he was coming back, that it was going to be Tampa and that was it?
8: Yeah, and it's funny, Dan. I'm not, uh, like, I'm the same as everyone else in the regard that, uh, like, I've been hearing that. I, I, the Bucks have felt that way. Tom has kind of made clear to them even that, look, I'm not going to go play for another team. But even then, all of us, including people close to Tom have been like, yeah, but the 49ers, you know, like uh, there's been this sort of idea in the background of like, maybe he'll still contemplate it. But Tom has been pretty steadfast in the idea that he wanted to be a part of the solution with the Bucks. which I know to people, they roll their eyes and say that there was no chance of being a part of that solution or he was going to retire. And, um, you know, whether or not people want to believe that, I guess sort of the proof is is in his announcement today.
3: The difference between Tom Brady with this announcement as opposed to last year at this time is what?
8: Um, I think a proper, um, look, last year, I don't think that Tom Brady, as meticulous as everybody understands him to be when it comes to planning, he truly doesn't look past the day yeah everybody hears the cliche like one day at a time Brady does that almost to a fault and I felt like last year he hadn't properly kind of put himself in the place of what's next and he ultimately at the end of the season was like man I'm tired I think I'm done and he didn't take the time to reflect and understand what exactly that meant and I think that the mistakes of last year going through that better prepared him for this time around where he did consider what's next in terms of just mentally and I'm not saying whether what's next is the broadcast booth or whether it's maybe minority ownership in the team I'm talking what's next just from a mental standpoint I am done with the game am I willing to accept that this time around I think that he is more prepared mentally to move forward
3: I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago source said you know don't uh, jump to the conclusion that Brady and Josh McDaniels would be a marriage that would work, that it might be more of Jimmy Garoppolo and McDaniels, and that Mark Davis would be the one that would want Brady in, but it would be Josh McDaniels uh, wanting Jimmy G over Tom Brady. Your thoughts on that? Uh,
8: I, I I I won't go into the Jimmy G component of it, but you're absolutely right when it comes to I think it was a very overstated narrative that Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady would look to reunite. I'm not saying that there is bad blood, but I think that it would be overstating the relationship in new England to suggest that they were just going to be like, this is it. We're going to jump back into this. And you're absolutely right. It was Mark Davis who would give his left arm to be able to have Brady as his quarterback. Ultimately though, not something. Well, again, I'm not saying that Brady didn't, wasn't intrigued by different possibilities. I'm just saying that ultimately he knew in his heart of hearts, that it was either the Bucks or retirement. But you're absolutely right. It was Mark Davis behind the scenes who would have been the one to lure Tom Brady there.
3: If you had one question for Tom Brady right now, it'd be what?
8: What's next? <laughs>
3: uh, it's got to be and, TV, and no, doesn't do, it? Dan, what? He
8: would roll his eyes and he would yell at me and be like, with an F-bomb, yeah. can I just chill out <laughs> for a second? Uh,
3: if you're Fox... How do you not get him involved in the Super Bowl this year? Even, yeah, I, I if, mean, even if it's taped, Jeff, I, I mentioned I would have Brady break down the defenses, let him approach it like he's playing these defenses in the Super Bowl, and tape it. Uh, you know, almost like Kobe Bryant used to do those those videos, those seminars, yeah. details. And, right. and just say, all right, you're going after the Eagles. What are you going after? You're going after the Chiefs. What are you going after? Or also give me what, you know, the pros and cons of the quarterbacks or, you know, something like that. But I got to have I mean, him in there.
8: By the way, I also, I, I honestly think even if he didn't have that Fox, Fox contract waiting for him, it's the type of thing that he would probably do. He definitely embraces sort of the spotlight a little differently than he maybe did a few years ago. It, I would expect that. I think that he will look toward – Things like that. Even if he's not going to be a lifer in the broadcast booth, um, I think he will look towards that to be a part of the game because and ultimately, I think he'll find a way into some ownership capacity, some sort of vice president sort of role. I think he loves the idea of helping to construct an organization. But I do think, though, to stay close to the game he will take on opportunities like that. And it wouldn't surprise me if it was in this Super Bowl.
3: I also wondered about this. uh, I'll leave you with this, that if you said to Tom a year ago, like, did he need to go through this year to get to this point? Could he have walked away from last year, walked away from the game?
8: He, I don't think, sometimes I, I, I hate to say this, but it's like he has to go through these types of things. I mean, I was talking to somebody who knows him well and and basically described his state as just exhausted. Don't forget, he went through a divorce in the middle of this football season. And I know everybody says to me, was it really worth it for Tom to come back? That's tough to tell to the most hyper-focused, competitive person that I've ever met. Is it worth it? I don't think that he's the type to look back. But I think if he did know hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, I think he certainly would uh, – would like things to maybe be a little bit different in his life, but not something that he can ultimately regret. Yeah,
3: it's almost like he needed to go through this, as weird as that may sound, and yeah. and as punishing as it was, and, you know, your family, your ex-wife, the kid, I mean, we can't understand sad, it. We can't understand yeah, I it, Jeff.
8: I think it's a sad ending, um, but but ultimately I think it kind of shows us that, you know, life is tough for everybody, and that includes the greatest of all time.
3: Thank you, Jeff. We appreciate your time. I know you're busy today. Thanks, Tim. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. As I said, and it's not a knock on anybody that, uh, you know, Tom broke the story, but Jeff knows the inner workings there. Very few people actually know the inner workings behind the scenes with Tom Brady, and Jeff is certainly one of those guys. There's a lot of people speculate, but, man, that – that. Uh, that house that Tom has is very, very small of those he lets in and, and tells them what's going on. Yeah, Paul.
2: Going back to the last game with Brady with the Buccaneers, it felt like he was saying bye to the Buccaneers. Yeah. Remember he said bye to the media, bye to the team, blah, His blah, His family
3: was there.
2: But nobody characterized it. it. It was like he's saying bye to this team. It's opening the floodgates for new teams.
3: I thought that – well, I said this before. That Friday before they played the Cowboys – and I said, you know, here's one of the biggest stories nobody's covering because nobody thinks it's going to happen, but it could. What if this is Tom Brady's last game? Well, nobody was going, yeah, could be. And and I thought, if I'm ESPN, I would have had a, you know a retrospective at least prepared that this could be his last game. His mom and dad were there. I mean, it felt like it was a a you know, thank you and good night, drive home safely. Not, I'm going to stop playing with the Buccaneers. I'm going to play someplace else. There was finality to it when I saw it on the field. And I didn't think that until I saw the way he reacted that I think he was saying goodbye to his football career right there in front of us. But that Friday before they played the Cowboys, I thought, nobody thinks this is his last game. What if it is? You got a new poll question?
2: Yes, if you were Fox Sports and you have Tom Brady under contract and you could convince him to do something for Super Bowl Sunday, would you have him live on site in Los in Arizona for the long pregame show? Would you have him tape pieces like you suggested, mm-hmm. tape a bunch of analysis pieces so he doesn't have to travel and more likely to do it? Or would you do some type of impromptu second screen show with him and Gronk and celebrities a la Manning cast?
3: I would want to make sure I put Tom in the best light if he is going to be our future number one analyst. I would, I would, I'd let him control the environment because when you go to the Super Bowl and having hosted those pregame shows, it is a long, 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 long day. And to keep up energy, be interesting, um, I would want Tom to do two or three things that he felt comfortable and then you could do it. And he doesn't even need anybody in there with him. I would just say, Tom, we're going into the film room. Have him walk into the film room. And I want you to tell me how you're going to attack the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, this is what I see. I love this matchup here. I am really worried about Reddick, But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. And if you do this, that's going to open up this. And if you want to say, now I'm going to attack the Kansas City defense. He, He doesn't even have to critique the quarterbacks. I want him to tell me. What we're going to see later on that night, this is where you can win the game right here. If this happens, then Jalen Hurts is going to have a long, long evening. You know, Mahomes, this is what I'm going to, you know, they're going to try to do this. If, and if I'm Patrick, I do this. He looks at the skill of Jalen Hurts, what he has and what Mahomes has, and then I would attack these defenses. But I would make it so Tom is able to control the environment feel comfortable with what he sees. If he didn't do a good take, let's do it again. But I would want him to be very proud of what he's going to do, display because he, when he does those games, now you're listening to him differently. You know, we would listen to Brady sometimes and we go, oh, okay, he gave us something there. It, it's like when he was really honest this year about, I'm going through a lot of bleep. And you're like, whoa, 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 okay. Now it got real. He lost weight. I mean, you were watching a reality show. Your your supermodel is divorcing you. You got kids. Uh, Do you want to stay? You're losing weight. You're losing games. You're playing every week. You got to meet with the media. There's a lot going on here, and it was a reality show right in front of us. But I would want to I would want to put Brady into a positive light there that he would feel good about it. And you know, once he starts doing these games. I mean, nobody cared what Tony Romo was saying until he started doing games. Then everybody had an opinion on Tony Romo. Greg Olson, nobody cared about what he said when he was a Panther. Now you care. And he, you know, Drew Brees, when he was trying to do this, nobody cared. And then all of a sudden you cared. And then everybody has an opinion. I mean, Tony Romo went top of the mountain. All of a sudden, you know, he's headed down the mountain. Greg Olson, who would have thought? Man, that guy's the best uh, color analyst. Okay. Now Tom Brady's going to come in there, and it's a tough job. It really is, because you, you have to be able to do it um, where you'll, you'll see something, say something, get the hell out. You have to help your, you know, that's why Jim Nance does an unbelievable job with Romo, because Romo is, you know, he's not polished in that way. You know, you're, you, you've got a horse that you can't put a saddle on. But you know that horse can get you places. It just sometimes it'd be like, I don't know, Jim. What do you think they should do? They should. I, I wouldn't be going for this. Then they go forward, fourth and six. Here's Burrow <laughs> and Jamar Chase first. Uh, I mean, that's what happens. Who saw that coming, Jim? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just. Jim's got to go. Okay, Tony, say what you got to say. All right, hurry up, and say it. And then you know they play clock down to one. Burrow gets it off over to Jamar Chase. You know, I didn't see that one happening, Jimmy. I didn't. I didn't you know, and you're like, wow. Okay. But Brady, I don't know what kind of energy he has. I don't know how interested he's going to be, excited he's going to be to watch somebody else play a game that he probably thinks, I'm still good enough to be out there. I should be out. In fact, I'm going back out there. I'm announcing my own retirement. Yes, Todd.
4: Is he going to have any desire to say, let's go! And so he gets the first down on third and two? I don't probably think not. so.
3: There was one game, playoff game, Where Brady was running right towards me. I was in the end zone. And uh, I don't know, I think it was the Super Bowl, but he was running right towards me. And I'm just standing there. We were doing pregame stuff for NBC. And he runs and he's right next to me. And he goes, let's go! He's like right in my face. And
2: I was like, You thought it was specifically to you? Like, let's go to dinner after the game?
3: Where? Where are we going? Where are we going? (laughs) Let's go where? Uh, All right, let me take a break. Oh, Seton O'Connor's going to call us from the road. More phone calls coming up right after this. Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. I was busy on this date. 2015, handing out the Super Bowl trophy. Patriots beat the Seahawks. Malcolm Butler. I was there 2009. Santonio Holmes got the touchdown reception as the Steelers beat the Cardinals. Uh, Let's see, any other... uh, Adam Vinatieri on this date. I was there for that Super Bowl. I'm getting some Super Bowl coverage today because I gave uh, Brady the Super Bowl... A couple of times uh, down through the years there. Get a little, I'm checking out the hair, you know, how am I looking? And I don't care, you know, everybody's noticing Brady there with the Super Bowl trophy. I'm like, all right, decent color combination, shirt and tie. Yeah, Paul?
2: I remember one year they had the front page of the Super Bowl, Tom Brady getting the Super Bowl trophy, and they cut you out of it. Yes. But if you look, there was a reflection of you in the Super Bowl trophy, <laughs> and we zoomed in on it.
3: <laughs> yeah, because the other networks didn't want to show me up there. They're like, you know. And then I'd go, wait, you're showing Jim Nance. Come on. There's Bradshaw there. But uh, what a great honor, though, to hand out that Super Bowl trophy. But chaos, like you would not believe when that game ended, from the time it ended to the time they got the podium up there to the time they handed out the trophy. And it felt like it was about two minutes total. I mean, it took about 10 minutes, but talk about a rush. I mean, that's when you're like, this is live, live, and it's 100 million people watching that. Not that they're remembering me. You just don't want them to remember you for something stupid that you said.
2: Yeah, Paul. I I remember watching you guys get set up for it. We were watching, and Brady gets up by you. Do you and Tom have even a briefest of conversation before they throw to you?
3: I think I uh, usually talk to the commissioner. Well, I've spoken to the commissioner more on the podium than I have on my radio show. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, anything more
2: than 10 seconds. Yes,
3: yes. He'll be like, uh, are you going to introduce me? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do this and I'll do that and then you do it. But, but I didn't say like, hey, uh, can you join us uh, like 1025 tomorrow on the show? Nothing like that. But uh, yeah, the commissioner was, uh, he wanted to make sure that I was handling everything and that I was holding the microphone, like all the small things that you wouldn't, you know, we had a small talk up there. But Brady, I just said, hey, congratulations. Uh, oh, look who's joining us. Seton O'Connor on the road. Let's guess where Seton is. Okay, I'm looking in the background. I got some snow there. Oh, you got it framed. Mm-hmm. You got the framed mm-hmm. with the sprinter van over your shoulder. Hello, details. <laughs> okay. Is in the details? All right, Paulie.
2: Looking at that backdrop, I, that looks like Davenport, Iowa. Oh,
3: wow. Seton O'Connor is, Fritzy. where? Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa. Marvin? Iowa City, Iowa. Iowa
7: City. Uh, I'll go I, Des Moines. I'm going to give you guys a, a more visual clue.
3: You're in Chicago?
7: We're still in Chicago! <laughs> Wait! Uh-oh. You, you
3: screwed up the timeline here.
7: No, no, no. I think we're getting to uh, Des Moines tonight.
3: Okay, okay.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting to Des Moines tonight. Did Did you get roughed up at all last night? Uh, no, I had a couple of beverages, but I was responsible. Oh. I was responsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did okay. Okay. I'm going to save that for when we get to uh, Scottsdale, and I'm not worried about driving for hours. Okay.
3: All right. And uh, you went through <laughs> South Bend. You got to see one of our uh, our big uh, sponsors, Tire Rack.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent the day with uh, the Tire Rack fellas. Uh, they also awesome. took us out to lunch uh, on the South, uh, Notre Dame campus at Legends, uh, gave us a tour of the campus. We shot some cool stuff at the uh, uh, Compton family ice rink there, uh, which is going to be pretty fun. Um, what a place, man. South Bend is awesome. The yeah. Notre Dame campus is just exceptional.
3: Yeah. Well, last time we yeah. were there was the USC Notre Dame game.
7: Yeah, yeah. And so you remember uh, when we were there, the stadium was still under construction, but, I mean, obviously that's been finished. It's a, it's a hell of a renovation.
3: What are you doing in Chicago today?
7: Uh, we're just about to take off. Uh, We're heading to uh, Des Moines. Uh, The people there have been awesome so far. The PD of uh, our affiliate there, uh, 1460 AM, KXNO, uh, has been awesome. He's been super helpful. So we're going to get there. I'm going to go to the station, I think, uh, hop on with Murph and Andy, the uh, afternoon show there, and then uh, probably hit up a bunch of breweries or local Mm. establishments. Mm. Going to Drake northern Iowa tonight. So it should be awesome. It's going to be a fun day.
3: You went to the bowls last night?
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clippers balls. Mm-hmm. Were you
3: forced to go by gunpoint or did uh, you <laughs> want to go? <laughs>
7: no, it's like, hey, you're in town. Let's check out a game. Uh, you know, I wish some more free throws were hit towards the end of it. I think the crowd would have enjoyed that a little more. Uh, and- Zach Levine, but it's OK. And
3: where'd you go to dinner?
7: Uh, we ate there actually at the game. Oh,
3: okay. Oh, it's one of the best restaurants. By the time we
7: got, it is, it's concessions, it's called. It's called concessions. It's very exclusive. You can only get it here. Yeah. Everybody goes Um, to
3: Chicago because they want to go to a Bulls game to eat. They have great chicken fingers there. Yeah.
7: You know what? It's like by the time you get out of the van and it was like 30 minutes before the game, we were like, oh, let's just go to the game. Let's just get some food.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, uh, keep sending the cards and letters there. Uh, is the French kid, yeah. French kid still with you?
7: He's he's hanging on. Okay. He's hanging on. Okay. Yeah. All, mm-hmm.
3: right. All right. Well, uh, great to see you soon.
7: Yeah, good to see you guys. And uh, Alan, we miss you.
3: All right. Alan, member of the management at iHeartRadio. He lasted 90 minutes and then the Kicked him to the curb. Kicked him to the curb. The Road to Super Week is brought to you by Full Sail University, the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting. New classes starting every month. Uh, Going to uh, Desmoné after uh,
2: the pit stop in Chicago. Yeah, Paul. You you do have to explain the backstory of Desmoné, the the flight we were taking to Chicago, I think, you and I years ago.
3: Yes, we were were taking – we went from uh, Westchester, New York, White Plains Airport – and I remember we got on the plane and we're going into Chicago and the flight attendant, young flight attendant, you know, and they get, the, you know, get on the the PA and, uh, you know, got to put your seat and tray in the upright rock, uh, rock position. And uh, we are going to go into uh, O'Hare and then we are on our way to Moines. <laughs> <laughs> and I and she's right next to me. And I, I and I felt bad for her. And 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 I'm I'm laughing, you know. We're laughing, and and I, and I said, you know, I, I go. It's 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 Des Moines, it's Des Moines. She goes, oh my God. It, it, she, but she said, and uh, then we'll be going uh, to Des And I, <laughs> I think she even gave it a plural. Yes, Des It's like it had Z's on it.
2: We'll be going, and she did this little pause as she raised She goes, and on to Moineses, <laughs> and man.
3: <laughs> Oh, thank God she was good-looking. You know? How many times have you said that in your life? Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, funny they never said that about me, though. You know? <laughs> thank God he's good-looking. Desmonese. All right, uh, we'll get phone calls coming up. Final hour on the way. Our good buddy, Marcellus Wiling, get his thoughts on all the news here. Broncos and that trade with the Saints to get their head coach, and the Texans are getting D'Amico Ryans, and Tom Brady is calling it quits. In that order. No, Todd is just desperate to talk about the Broncos. Just don't say Sean Payton's fixing Russell Wilson. Do not. (laughs) He gets so upset. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Marcellus Wiley, part of the Dan Patrick Podcast Network, his weekly show, a unique journey around the sports, entertainment, cultural landscape. It's called More To It with Marcellus Wiley wherever you listen to your podcast. Tom Brady's announcement, your reaction was what two hours ago?
9: Ah, my reaction, the first one, no lie, was deja vu. Like, we've been here before. Um, Obviously, it's an emotional time for anybody who plays the game of football, especially at the level of greatness of Tom Brady. Uh, You still see two teams fighting for what we all fought for, which is that championship. And Tom Brady, obviously, the winner of seven of those, is thinking in this moment he feels a void. He feels an absence. But I think this one is real. Um, One, because he's just been through so much. It's like, how much more toothpaste can you squeeze out the tube? So I really believe that he's being authentic in this moment. That said, it really made me reflect because I was on the field and I was literally four inches away, it felt like, Dan, from sacking Tom Brady when he threw his first career passing touchdown against my San Diego chargers. I saw the video like a year ago. Someone sent it to me. I come around the corner and I'm coming I'm coming. He launches the ball, his first touchdown ever. And it made me reflect <laughs> because I'm a starter in the league. Like I replaced Bruce Smith before Tom Brady got on the field. Then we had a career simultaneously. Then I retired <laughs> from football, became a media personality and pivoted out of like traditional media. And then sitting here with you, Dan, right now, and he still was playing football. Like it's just unreal to see that level of greatness. But is it tougher
3: to get to the point to announce your retirement or actual retirement?
9: Ooh, great question. I think the toughest part is getting to that place. Like, Coming up with all of the pros and cons because that's what's so tiring. I remember I went through this process much lower level, but I was playing with the Dallas Cowboys. That was the first time it entered my head. Like I'm coming down the hill and I think I might want to accelerate this. I think it's over. And I was talking to Darren Woodson, my, my teammate at the time, who said, once you start thinking about retirement, you're basically retiring and it's a process because you're weighing the good with the bad. With the reality that once you say it's over, it is truly over. You die a football death. You've been doing it since you were eight years old. It's the best job in the world. It's a man's and childhood dream coming together. And you're sitting there like, I'm about to say no to this. Like, they're not forcing you out. you actually going to raise your hand and say, I'll tap out. The toughest thing is getting to that place where you raise your hand. And you were
3: 33.
9: Yeah, young man, and I had to Dan, I, I got dropped into the real world, didn't know which way was up. Thankfully I found media. But I really reflect on moments like that because you just don't know what to do. My whole life was an itinerary. And all of a sudden I'm out here with all these choices, had five dollars in my pocket and didn't know which way was up, but I finally found my way.
3: Talking to Marcellus Wiley, the former NFL All Pro defensive and You know, that life after football and trying to, and and I mentioned this, if Tom Brady is going to find an attachment to football, going out to the games is so much more important, I think, for him than being in the studio. Because that's as close as you get. He can go out and actually prepare for both opponents, And, you know, that's why I thought Drew Brees missed out. He was in, you know, in a sterile environment in the studio. You had just retired. And then you tried to go out and call games and it didn't work out. But when you're in that moment, like Tony Romo, when you get in that moment, like you're excited, you're, you know, it's as close as you get to playing. But, you know, Terry and Howie and those guys are in the studio. And it's, you know, probably tough to get that, you know, energy, that momentum, uh, that fire, that fight in you.
9: Yeah, I had this uh, discussion. I won't call it an argument with Mike Tirico one day. We were at the airport just talking for a few minutes. And um, he loves going to the games because of the energy, because of exactly what you said, the thrill of like preparing for both sides. And this is a guy who didn't play, right? So for Tom Brady, you can see the pros of that. But let me give you the flip side of that coin, because my my thoughts were, I love the studio. Why? Because I can go to the studio. I have structure. I have my set times. I'm in, I'm out. That's it. It's simple. I'm still a part of the game. I still get to express my passion, but I'm not traveling the entire country, the entire world, like I've been doing for the last 20 years. So some guys just want to ease up on the travel and those demands, and just still be a part of the game. So we were just talking about pros and cons. One of the cons of actually calling games is you have to go where the games are. And yeah. sometimes when you're retired, just want to sit back and relax.
3: All right. Uh, the D'Amico Ryan's hire in Houston, and you had Sean Payton in uh, Denver. Which one
9: uh, excites you the most? Oh, Sean Payton in Denver. Yeah. Uh, because of the apprehension in this one. Like if you heard the reports, there were conflicting reports about how the meeting went in Denver, how he got along with ownership in Denver. And then uh, D'Amico Ryans was a candidate, but he wasn't in Denver. And to me, that just reeks of apprehension. And I tell you why. I think it's Sean Payton looking at Russell Wilson and looking at this dynamic, because it was a ready-made Super Bowl roster before Russell. All they needed was a competent quarterback. And they thought they got a competent quarterback, but they didn't get that last year out of Russell Wilson. So if you're Sean Payton, who everyone loves, he's the best thing, going, do you want to go to a situation where when you do a proper evaluation – Russell Wilson isn't who Russell Wilson's supposed to be. Russell Wilson has been whispered about for many years in Seattle. Hey, he's not the leader y'all think he is. Hey, he's not the offensive firepower weapon you think he is. He doesn't throw the ball like you think he does, not on schedule, not reliable. And everyone was saying that, and Hmm. we used to slight them because we were like, oh, you're just mad because Russell's so successful. But now you look back, running game, top in the league. Defense, top in the league, when he had his most success. When they said here are the keys, the car kind of went off the track, went off the road. Okay.
3: As do you think, and the words being used is fix. Can Sean Payton fix Russell Wilson?
9: No. Can't fix Russell Wilson. What you got to do is dress Russell Wilson up. You got to give him the proper assets, resources. They have players. What you have to do is give him the scheme, you got to give him the system that he wants to play in. Being real, evaluating Russell Wilson, he licks his chops when the plays break down. Now, last year, he didn't have success when the plays were breaking down, but typically, Russell Wilson will look at a play, call that play, and hope that play doesn't work. So, Russell Wilson can now be Russell Wilson. Like, he activates when the play breaks down in structure. That's a problem, that's not reliable. That's not predictable. Mm. An offensive coordinator is pulling his hair out like, dude, I called this flat pattern, and here you go scrambling around. Yeah, you completed the post, but how often can we call the flat that turns into the post? We have to stick to the script. And I think that's the most difficult thing about Russell. He doesn't stick to the script. That's impossible to fix. Got to just dress it up. He did stick to the
3: script on this date in 2015 when Malcolm Butler had the interception.
9: Ah, don't do that, man. You imagine being on that team, Dan. I mean, no one ever wants to blame one guy for it, except, you know, when we watch the Ohio State kicker, everyone's like, yo, you did that. But outside of that, you never want to blame one guy for one thing. But if I were a Seahawk, I'd be looking at Russell Wilson like, brother, uh, you and Pete Carroll, who called this why did we do that? Lose the Super Bowl with one play? That's, that's horrible.
3: Okay, take me back, or at least what your thought was, Joseph As- uh, Asai chasing Patrick Mahomes. You're taught to those guys up front, you, you get paid by hitting the quarterback. You, your job is to hit the quarterback, get to the quarterback. How hard is it to pull up in a situation like that?
9: Yeah, great point. I talked about it on the podcast in the sense of people don't know what maniacal is. Don't know what maniacal looks like. I played with guys who were so laser singularly focused that when they saw color, they would hit color. No matter where the color was. This <laughs> Rodney Harrison, goodness. I have scars on my back still from Rodney Harrison just coming in into pile. Like, I don't care what happened. I don't care if I heard the whistle. I'm still going to see color and hit color, right? So, In that sense, I was never that guy. And that's in part why I wasn't as great as some of those guys. I always was thinking on the field. I was always calculating on the field. Oh, he's coming close to out of bounds. Let up, Wiley. Versus Rodney, was like, I don't even see out of bounds. Everything's blurry. I just see meat. I'm about to eat. So what's difficult in that moment is some guys are wired to just go all out, go all in, and some guys are not. But the guys who are wired like that make more plays than not. Joseph Asai is a good player. Like, he makes plays sideline to sideline. So it's very difficult based on the wiring. Charles Woodson says, I'm wrong. We talked about this. He's like, look, I don't give a damn how good, how great you are. You know the game. You know the rules. And you know when to hit them. That said, some guys just don't. They just go at it.
3: You talked about uh, on the podcast how LeBron James is embracing nepotism. You want to explain?
9: Yeah, I have to. Um, One, his son's at Sierra Canyon his last year. Son's ranked like 40th in the country, which is amazing. But he still takes criticism because he's LeBron's son, and I guess he's not number one. Point being, McDonald's All-American game, he gets invited. But he's 40, and they only take the top 24. So all of a sudden, everyone's coming at Bronny James for like, how'd you get in the game? well, you know how he got in the game, dummy. His (laughs) daddy name. It's like a Peyton Eli with an Archie attached. Like, yeah, that's going to help you as it should. And I think finally I'm starting to see from LeBron James some of his remarks. Like he understands what nepotism is. One of the things I hate about culture at large is that they actually want us to accept that we shouldn't like nepotism. When as a parent, What do you think I'm working for? What do you think I'm doing this for? It's not for my son or daughter to be born on third base. It's for them to stay on home plate. Don't even have to circle the bases. (laughs) Like, dude, I'm giving them the world and let them fail forward. And if they are, oh, my God, those are some brats. I'll take a successful brat as a child. But the point is, you got to open up as many doors as you can. I'm starting to see that with LeBron finally.
3: Would you have said to your son, "Don't, don't go to the game? Like, could mm-hmm. you see the logic if you say, hey, you know what? You didn't deserve it. I, I, You know, we got to work on your game. Like, I, I'm i just spitballing here of, you know, these are all teaching moments here. And, and what are you teaching? What do you want to teach in a situation like that?
9: Yeah, I would have never told him to not go to the game because I think the meritocracy that we're all subscribing to, especially you and I, old school, It's out the window. It's gone. Like it's always laced with a little bit of luck, a little bit of favoritism, agenda, whatever you want to call it. And I want my child to understand that that's a part of the equation. So don't ever go into a situation. I give you this story to to really bring it home. I was in the emissions department at Columbia when they were looking at new emissions and new prospects and 4.0. 1600 GP, uh, SAT, 4.0, 1600 SAT, left and right, denied, denied, denied. What were they looking for? More than just that, something more than just the objective number. So you need more to your resume, even to get into college, extracurricular activities, be on a sports program, et cetera. Same thing in life. Like, you got to have more than just, I can ball. And I think Bronny can ball. He qualifies, but more so, he brings big business to the game, which will make everyone happy. And,
3: and I bring this up all the time, and it drives, I think, part of my fan base crazy. You know, we put on TV shows. You know, the, the, the playoffs are a TV show. All-Star games. You know, the the Heisman. Everything, it's a TV show. And you have to look Look at it through that lens. March Madness, it's a TV show. Oh, how did that coach uh, match up against now his former team? It's a TV show. That's what you're selling to America. And it feels like the more you embrace it, the more at least you understand what is going on now.
9: Exactly, man. We all care how the medicine tastes. Right. And sometimes people become purists. No, no, no. All I want is the game. And that's it. Top 24. That's all I want to see. No, you don't. You want it laced with something that is going to be easier to digest, easier to consume, easier to watch. No lie. I am now going to watch I am too. (laughs) Because Bronny James is playing. Yes. And that's no slight to the top 24 players. (laughs) I don't even know who is the number one player, but I know who number 40 is, and that's who got my attention. I'm watching Bronny.
3: Uh, great to talk to you. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you. We'll see you next week.
9: Let's do it, brother. At bed
7: 365 we don't do
9: ordinary.
5: We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If
1: you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call
6: 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments